Patrick, I've got a good idea for you today. You are going to love this one. I'm not sure if you're going to love this one, actually. Um, all right, so think about this. You go to a shop, you want to buy a TV. How much do you pay for a TV? 300 bucks these days. 300 bucks? What kind of store are you going to? All right, let's say 2,000. Let's just up the ante a bit. Sure. All right, so you buy it for two grand. You take it home. It's not really a problem, right? But it is a lot of money. 300 is not a lot of money. <laughs> but you're buying cheap TV, so that's all right. But what if... You could buy products for a reduced price or for free on an advertising supported model, right? So instead of say 2000 for the TV, you pay $1,000, but you agree to take some action on ads over say a period of two to five years, or you agree to be part of a survey group for a period of time. And if it's a connected product, so let's say it's a smart fridge, the advertising or the content or whatever it might be could actually be delivered via the screen. Or if it's got audio um, as part of it, the advertising, whatever it is, can be delivered via that, um, that audio interface uh, or, or just through normal comms uh, like email and, and messaging and things like that. So the business idea here is to create the ad network amongst the manufacturing partners uh, and then sell that ad network to various companies who need to reach that audience. What do you think? So to summarize, you want to sell ads to people who are buying things, uh, physical products. Yeah. And the you're using the information that they're buying those physical products to direct these ads? Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be relevant to the demographic of the buyer or to the product category that they're buying. Yeah, and look, it doesn't have to be ads. Like I said, it, it could be surveys. And, you know, we know that companies always want to find people to partake in, in various surveys. So what if you had to be part of a survey group uh, for the next, I don't know, you had to do one per quarter for the next two years. And, you know, the value of that, let's say the value of, of each survey is 50 bucks. So that's $400. So, for example, instead of $2,000 TV, you're taking off that $400. The customer gets it for $1,600. So they're going to get a better price. And you have got somebody as part of your survey group for the next two years. Yeah, I think that's that's really awesome. I think uh, I'd personally appreciate the discount. Maybe not on a, on a TV, but just to fill out a few surveys, I think that's a fair deal. As long as, you know, there's some privacy uh, sort of issues there and terms, terms and conditions would have to be very clear, I think. Yeah, and I think one of the challenges will be how do you enforce them to take that action? So if it's consume an ad or visit a store four times a year, you know, yep. how are you getting them to do that? Yeah, you'd need you'd need to put the trust in, in the person that, that you're giving the discount to. Or you could maybe do it on monthly purchases. Maybe you could partner with an afterpay or something like that who are doing those installments. And yeah. then, you know, they get a discount per installment if in between the payments they do a certain task or fill the survey or something like that. Not a bad idea. I like it. Yeah. And I have noticed an increase in advertising as well just with products that start out free and it's interesting that they haven't sort of broken into the physical products for example streaming services recently have begun introducing ads so you know i pay for you know binge which is the hbo streaming service and it was really awesome and then suddenly i'm, I'm paying the same subscription and there's just ads thrown in yeah i mean everyone's doing it. netflix are doing it disney are doing it Netflix, they've got about 5 million subs for the ad-free version in the first six months, which I think is about 2.5% of their overall subscribers. Spotify, though, you know, 317 million of their 500 million, roughly, are on the ad-free version. So I do think people want it. Most people are stingy. <laughs> Most people are going to want something for free. And you're right, it's been done probably in the media space, in the entertainment space, but I haven't seen it being done in the product space. And maybe it wouldn't work because obviously those media, the entertainment streaming platforms, they've got huge audiences. So, you know, being able to go to a company and saying, we've got 500 million subscribers, there's lots of advertising opportunities. But we're almost talking on a one-to-one -one basis here because, you know, 
how many people buy TVs in a year. And you're almost talking about an audience of one. But, you know, if you spread that out across a state, a country, multiple countries, you're starting to build a bigger audience. But it's probably the opportunity here is more that one-on-one. So it's not, I suppose, broadcast advertising. It's probably more the opportunity for that one-to-one. So again, like the surveys, maybe it's more interactive ads or things like that. Yeah, I think I like your commentary around the one-to-one there. And I think the smaller audience size is actually an asset because the people that are buying these products is a smaller but probably more valuable niche, right? It's the classic smaller but more... More val- valuable, you know, you go after business customers, there's less of them, but they have more money. You know, it's the, I think this is a classic example of that where you're buying a product, you could do it maybe on large purchases, right? What if it's houses? What if you're going into the, the housing space and you're doing service of people who are buying houses? That's a large purchase. These people obviously have some sort of savings or disposable income uh, that they've saved up and they're buying houses and then that person's doing a survey. You could ask so many more questions with that segment than you could for your general person who's just paying, you know, nine bucks a month for Spotify premium. And ad supported real estate purchase <laughs> that that is interesting i mean obviously in that case you're paying the other buyer who is just a private person but imagine if a real estate company almost partnered with advertisers and yeah there was <laughs> this, yeah this is interesting and so whatever the product is i think from a feasibility standpoint you know obviously it's a two-sided marketplace you need to build up the network of in this case the product manufacturers and then on the other side you need to build up the number of users who are going to be obviously using the product if it is a product like a fridge say white goods furniture you know, potentially the retailers, you know, become your distribution outlet. And maybe that's the point, you know, point of sale where they're kind of selling this as an option. Absolutely agree. I was going to mention something similar where I was thinking from the e-commerce perspective, this to actually implement this, you could have a plugin in, you know, a Shopify or a WordPress or, you know, these where people can just integrate it into their website where they get a discount and the survey just gets, you know, sent to them as as a customer. I think that's a good endpoint. I reckon as a starting point as an MVP, just an email. So, you know, by doing this, you subscribe to some kind of email list and you know i think you could pretty quickly test whether this is going to work or not yeah i think we we should always just build this yeah I mean, it, it, it sounds pretty easy now that we're talking about it yeah that's uh if, if anyone out there's listening uh let us know if you'd subscribe to an email for a discount on your product there you go all right cool i think that's a good good way to sort of end it there and i'm happy to kick off my idea for the day yeah go on. so here's what i'm thinking and you everyone's had this idea everyone's been sitting around with the boys chatting about it with the family i want to start my own sport okay go on okay so you start your own sport you own the major league for that sport and then you pay pay people license fees to create a team and enter into the league and then there's all these advertising opportunities many many major you know re- uh, revenue opportunities right so hang on, are, are you talking about not just starting a league of an existing sport it's about creating a whole new sport yeah a whole new sport right so you own so it gives you full ownership right and then so you get the freedom to invent the rules and you can you can change how how it's organized, how how it's played, everything like that, right? So the reason I bring this up is because I've recently I've noticed a huge emergence of of sort of these B-level sports, if you will, you know, the B-grade sports that are just up and coming that don't have full legitimacy, but they're up and coming. So some some examples would be Pickleball, uh, which has had some high profile investors like Nick Kyrgios, Naomi Osaka, who are famous uh, tennis players. Uh, There's another one, Slam Ball, which is a basketball game with trampolines. And it's sort of crossed between NFL and basketball, but it has trampolines. So it's all about just running and jumping on the trampoline and dunking on people. Crazy, yeah. Uh, another basketball uh, alteration is with this one called Wrestle Ball, which is crossed between rugby and basketball. So it's on a basketball court, but it's full tackling. <laughs> <laughs> on on the hard surface? Yeah, on the hard surface. Fair enough. <laughs> so these people are inventing these sports 
And the last one I saw, which was, and I can't confirm the absolute legitimacy of this. Online, it was quite controversial whether how true it was, but someone pitched to Sweden to make sex a professional sport. <laughs> okay. 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 And I think there's even like an official sex league or something that's already in existence that they've asked to make it a professional sport. I think Sweden were like, not happening, but this guy's pursuing I mean, if, with the league. If it was going to happen anywhere, Sweden's probably one of the places it would. Yeah. <laughs> so, pickleball I've heard of, haven't heard of any of the others. Do you have an idea for a particular game? I mean, you probably don't want to give it away, but do you have an idea? I, I actually, I want to say I don't. I, I don't have an idea yet, but I have been thinking about this a long time. And I think how you would potentially come up with an idea, you could either just do something completely random and just, you know, create a game out of it. That's cool. Uh, you know, take the, the sex angle and that's like some just a normal task and you turn it into a game and, you know, you invent rules around it. That's cool. Or you could go down the wrestle ball, slam ball, sort of pickleball route, which is you find an existing major sport and you augment and change certain rules. And then you sort of, you know, you take away the skills that people can get from playing those sports and then you know create a sport out of that what what about i mean pickleball i know is big in america and a whole bunch of people played over there but it's probably I, i've not really heard of too much of pickleball in australia i mean could you take this so those let's call it the three examples that you've you've talked about could you almost franchise them here and so set up leagues here so there you don't need to come up with the sport itself but they're still relatively new to this this country yeah definitely yeah you could do it on a national basis and, and own the the rights to that league within the country i think uh interestingly uh and the example is basketball, right? So basketball was invented in 1890, right, in America by a guy called James Naismith. He then went back to Canada. He was originally Canadian. He then went back to Canada and, you know, started this community around basketball, you know, around uh, churches, I think. And then 50 years later in the 1940s, they invented the NBA, the National Basketball Association, right? The, the league in, in America, right? And take that. So that was in 1940. So today we're in 2023. And this year, the NBA as a league, brought in 10 billion in revenue. Okay, so so this is a 120 year life cycle before we get to 10 bill revenue. Well, I mean yeah, I mean think about think about the whole journey, right? And first you got a 50 year MVP and then another 50 to get to the to the billions. <laughs> well, hey, it, it scaled slow but it scaled quite well in my opinion. That's that's good numbers. And the NBA is killing it right now. It's it's talked about a lot about how well it is doing. It's taking over the globe. And on that basketball as a sport is also increasing because uh, Australia is now pitching to be like the second best uh, basketball league in the world at the moment as well. So the NBL, right? Interestingly, the NBL is owned by one guy. And I, I mean, I, I can't guarantee. This is just my basic desktop research online. It's the guy that founded Dodo Internet Company and he bought the NBL. And I think he also has partial rights in some some teams as well. Right. But he owns the whole league. I think he bought it for 7 million. Yeah, but didn't I feel like the NBL a while back went through kind of a period of almost bankruptcy, didn't it? Yeah, so yeah. maybe it was a bargain price. Yeah, I think he bought it and he sort of saved it and he's brought it back to life. And now we're sort of you know increasing the league. So to your point about franchising the league and bringing it over, he sort of has done that, right? He's, he's, brought the, the, he's taken over the basketball in Australia yep. and done that there. I think just in terms of implementation, if you're going to create your own sport, I think you really need to build a community. I think it's really important. It's all about building that community of players first who bring in people and then it's got to be exciting. So you've got to bring in those spectators and then you can start building it around that. You've just made me think of another... Uh, <laughs> Another example, I love this topic. 
I'm just thinking about your example. You, you hit it right on the head, right? About getting that major sport and then just changing it a little bit and bring it to your country. Great example recently, Live Golf. I'm not sure if you're across. Well, isn't it just golf? Yeah, it's literally just golf, but they've changed the, the Was customer. It a soccer ball they, instead of a no, golf they, ball? They've, they've <laughs> changed the customer experience. Right. Right. So they've taken, you know, spectators of golf has been a really conservative sport and it's been quite, you know, mellow, so to speak. You know, you I, just watch I, it. I have to say, watching golf on TV is the most boring thing ever. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually tend to agree. And that's why. So now you go as a spectator to these live golf events and it's basically a festival. They've got a DJ, they've got open bars and you can surround the hole. There's no noise rules or there's no no uh, clothing rules. Like you don't have to wear certain pants and collared so, shirts. So and- you could combine this with the, the Sweden sex idea then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, it's on the same spectrum, I'd, I'd say. So yeah, I think that's another great example, right? And they've, they've listed as a public company. They're popping off as well. So I think it's great, great opportunity. Yeah, cool. I, I've had a similar thought a few years ago now and it's not a variation of rules or a new game per se, but I had an idea around um, foosball because I used to play foosball a lot. We had a foosball table in the office. Um, you know, it was a good thing to do at lunch or after work. Sure. But I wanted to create a league for foosball and I wanted to use it as almost a professional networking type event. So the thought was, you know, you either buy or you hire a foosball table. Um, so obviously you just need one, maybe up to four foosball tables. You find a pub or a venue, probably more a pub or restaurant, you know, that kind of thing. Um, pick a quiet night, let's say a Tuesday night. And you say, look, we want free venue hire. We want to be able to use this space to, like, to host our competition. Um, and we want you to throw in five dollar beers for the first beer right then on the other side we say but we're going to bring in 50 100 people whatever it is every tuesday night to play this league they're probably going to have the one beer but they're probably going to have another one as well so you're going to make your money back we charge entry so it might be a league fee or if it's a you know each round you know you pay your ten dollars like indoor sports at the moment so 10 bucks each week and then you run your league so every week you have your eight teams playing you have your different divisions and it is this kind of social event it's almost a professional networking event but with the fun you know with that part of it and then you leave you leave the again if it's a foosball table you leave a foosball t- table there and then patrons of that pub can then use it so if it's got the coin slot in it mm. so they can use it and then you split that 50 50 with the pub so i reckon something like that and obviously that's not going to work for pickleball can't host pickleball in a pub pickleball pub <laughs> be, i would go to that pub <laughs> would you pickleball <laughs> indoor pickleball um, but yeah, so a variation, but similar. And maybe there are other indoor type leagues you could play, you know, whether it's a table or other things like that. Yeah, for sure. I t- I'm totally on board. I'm totally on board. I love those indoor games as well. Uh, this classic, and you can think about it. I think there's a few, a few of those popping off at pubs at the moment. One is Cornhole in the US, I think, which is basically where there's- Sorry, a- is that the name of the pub? No, <laughs> no it's the name of the game. <laughs> right. The, the indoor game, it's it's actually getting really popular at the moment. Uh, is that throwing the sacks into the holes? Yeah, exactly. It's just like a, literally just like a, a piece of, they have it in beer garden. You just throw the thing and it's like a massive deal. Everyone, everyone yeah, he got the bean bag in the hole. <laughs> weird sport but you know you're right these weird sports they're gonna they're gonna come up yeah exactly and and oh there's just so many examples now that we're talking about it so by next week in our next pod you need to have come up with your sport how about that i'm laying deal. down the challenge absolute deal and we can uh we'll film it and we'll play it <laughs> we're gonna actually play are it, gonna are play we? it? well we'll see what it is <laughs> <laughs> all right i think i think that's it's it we're done see you later